salutations and shit folks welcome 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 back to another episode of your new favorite travel podcast travel and shit where i your host d carrie have an experiential conversation about all the ways that travel intersect with regular day life so that's what we talk about every week if you're new here welcome if you've been here before welcome happy to have you all so may happens to be mental health awareness month promise i didn't plan this because there's but so much that goes into my level of being able to plan things that being said i'm actually really really proud of the project that i'm about to actually base today's episode on i created a seven day mindful traveler course if this is not your first episode i'm certain by now that you've heard me uh discuss it or tell you guys about it i teamed up with seven incredible black women in wellness to share their gifts with you in different modalities across the board. We've got sound healing, Reiki practitioner. Um, I think we actually have two Reiki practitioners. Um, we've got life coach. We've got yoga, breath work. The ladies are proficient in a lot of different modalities, but they particularly shared of themselves in seven different areas. And I'll, of course, be getting into more detail about those areas. But overall, the course is designed so that while you're traveling, you can spend some time being intentional. I have harped upon, because this is my hill, intentional travel can absolutely make the difference in your life that not only you want, but you deserve. So I have said plenty of times how I think travel has absolutely made me a better person. I was a pretty swell kid before, but now I really can see where I have matured through the experiences that I have been fortunate enough to spend some time reflecting on. We've all had really incredible experiences throughout our lives. Sometimes we don't necessarily reap the benefits that we're able to if because we don't necessarily uh, pay attention to them being such. So this course in particular has been designed so that each day you spend a little time using a different modality, tuning into how you feel about yourself, tuning into different ways that you can connect with yourself while you're abroad. And the beautiful thing about this course is that once you sign up, the content is yours. Whether or not you are ready to travel now and you decide in the airport that, you know what, this is for me. I want to spend just a little time each day making sure that I get the most out of myself and the most out of this trip. Or if you decide, let me see what she's talking about. Let me see what these ladies have to say. And when I'm ready, I can then go back and access this information so that I can apply it to a trip or you can even just do it at home. But honestly, the, um, the work for the course is designed to really be applicable to different travel scenarios. So seven days. So there are seven different activities that we're going to do. And they, so I really can't say enough how there's so much opportunity in travel for you to tap into like shit you already have buried inside. One of my favorite quotes is you are your best thing. And it's actually the, um, not the screensaver. My screensaver is actually um, a pretty dope photo I found years ago. It's been the same screensaver for years. But um, I don't know if you can see it. I don't know how, wait, how do YouTubers do it? Girl, I don't know. Oh, there you go. But it says, you are your best thing. Favorite, one of my favorite quotes, it's, currently the one that I like to keep at mind most frequently. And for me, what that means is that I get to pour into myself because there is no investment in myself that will ever be too much. So I'm just going to dive into it. Let's just start with, oh, and of course, if you're new here, you may not know, but if you're true here, you're going to know that I'm going to be dropping gems along the way. I absolutely love tying in how different experiences that I've had on my trips 
actually um, tie into what I can now see and make sense of in regular life at home here in Queens. So speaking of Queens, shout out to good homie Chris. Every child needs a champion. Really working on some incredible, incredible dope initiatives and actually has me being civically engaged in my community. I love my hood. I've always loved my hood, but sometimes you don't necessarily see how you are as important to your hood as your hood is to you. And um, Chris is really doing really great work and he's pulling a lot of us together to assist and continue the good fight in pouring into our babies and pouring into the streets that we live on, the streets that we have our kids play on, places that you know we own businesses and the environments that we spend so much of our time in. So since I got the shirt on, figured I'd throw that out there. But let's just start with affirmations. So the good sis, Marsha B of Introvert in the City, uh, has done an incredible job of sharing how she implements affirmations into her personal life. And of course, if you want to see what her anecdotes and her stories are, or her suggestions and the such, download the, uh, actually you don't download, you're going to sign up for it. It's going to be a seven day experience. Each morning, the email that I have curated comes to you and it includes the piece of, and when I say the work, I had mentioned the work earlier. There, You don't have to buy anything. You don't need any tangible items. You don't need equipment. You don't need purchases. Like you don't need anything. You just need attention and you need time. You just need to sit and follow along with the prompts. This is literally an easy practice. It's not anything that should uh, necessarily exert you unless of course you're tapping deep down inside and doing the self work. And then of course, I can't tell you what that's going to do for you, but know that it is for your higher good. So affirmations for me personally, one of the trips that comes to mind the most, and this is actually kind of funny is one of my more recent trips, which was Bali. Bali was, uh, we just got out of 2020. So Bali was 2019. I made it my business to have a private pool in the house that I rented because I'd never skinnied it before. And it was absolutely on my list, on my short list of things to do. And at what, like maybe $46 a night that I paid for the house with the pool, which had these really incredible, like folding glass doors that it's like from the living room, you could see everything outside on the little property and beautiful. But head over to travelandshippodcast.com and go to the travel resources tab. Just click on travel resources and you can see the place that I stayed in at Bali and you too can book if it's available should you find yourself in Bali at some point. That being said, affirmations is, that's what got me in the fucking water. I ain't gonna hold you. I was scary. In my head, I was afraid what if something happens to me and someone has to like come collect me? Here I am in this pool naked by myself. Granted, I can swim. I don't know what it was, but I was terrified. It took me maybe two or three days to finally like talk myself into getting into the pool. And what it took was me repeating to myself, I am capable, like I can actually do this. Like there's nothing that I have to be afraid of about this experience. It's me. Like I couldn't tell necessarily how deep the water was. And while I was there, I don't exactly remember what part of the year it was, but I remember it being beautiful during the day. Like I wasn't cold. I wasn't hot. I was very comfortable. But by the time I got home and the sun was kind of like out of the center of the sky, it was kind of waning and kind of going down. By that point, it wasn't comfortable for me to just like jump in the water. And because I wanted to get in the water and feel like refreshed, cooled off and like really enjoy cold water. But it was just cold water. So it's like the temperature of the water. And for some reason, I felt like that was since it wasn't going to be like a refreshing kind of submerging into the water. It just, 
y'all, it was a lot going on in my fucking head, but I really had to take a second and remind myself that this is the experience that I wanted. This is what I made happen. Like I did my best to pull this opportunity together and I did, and I did not want to make it this far and let fear take something off of my list. And it was nothing that I didn't have access to. It's one thing when you have to like really, you know, break your neck to make something happen. Then it's just like, whoa, I did the most. This one was a relatively easy thing. So I feel like since maybe I didn't have to work as hard to uh, have the opportunity arise for me, maybe that kind of made me hesitate as well a little more. Whatever the reason was, y'all, like it was there. It, I was scared, but I did it. Now I can say I've skinny dipped before, but I really, really had to give myself the pep talk. I really had to sit and repeat that I was going to be fine. I was going to be okay and that I was capable, that there was no reason that I could not get into this water and do what I knew I know how to do. I know how to swim. I ain't nobody's dolphin. I ain't no flying fish and bitch, I probably can't save you. But I can get me, you know, where I got to go in like less than dangerous situations. <laughs> like, I'm not the best. But the point is, I did it. And I did it because I affirmed to myself that I could. I used affirmations to calm me, to center me, and to give me the motivation and kind of like put myself in the mindset so that I could achieve something that I had in store to complete. So affirmations have absolutely helped me out. And that is one of the most recent trips that I can think of that I absolutely use them. So two, movement. We've got Lisa from I Am Yogi, who is doing a really basic yoga um, instruction. She is really using her gifts to assist you in doing a few really simple movements. And when I say simple and basic, it doesn't mean like, like there's a, it's kind of like when someone says something is cheap, when they really mean that it's inexpensive in the sense that what you're getting is a lot of value. It's just that it doesn't necessarily cost you a lot of something that you may have uh, very limited access to. So you have limited access to time sometimes, but in the larger scope of things, when you're on vacation, you kind of have a little bit more control of what you do with your time. And in this instance, on this day, when we focus on movement, the intention is to spend some of that day really tuning into what it means to be able-bodied, to sit with that blessing of being able to get yourself out of bed and get on to an excursion, to get yourself from point A to point B, whether you are walking, whether you are running, whether you are walking slowly or whether you are running quickly. The idea that you have control of your body is something that a lot of times we don't necessarily think about. And in this, um, mind fart, and in this mode of the course, we are going to spend some time doing movement. And for me, I will never forget the first time I did, um, I guess you can say, simply put like yoga abroad. I don't know why I didn't think, or I don't know why it didn't occur to me sooner that I could absolutely implement wellness into my travels. So the beauty of technology is that there are so many incredible practitioners that make themselves available to us virtually. And that was happening before pandemic, but we've absolutely seen a lot of businesses take a pivot and offer more services that are available online. And in this modality, I have Lisa walking, well, not walking through, but guiding you through a gentle practice that will help you be in tune with your movements. For me, I ended up doing a course with a, another contributor. I, I ended up doing a um, yoga session with another contributor to the course. Shell, I was in Rome and I don't remember exactly what it was she was doing, but I know that it was a 
recurring thing, but for like a limited time, I want to say. And I was saying like, listen, this is absolutely something that I can get into. For me personally, the person that's guiding yoga doesn't hit the same if I don't resonate with the instructor. I want my instructor to look like me. I want my instructor to sound like me. I want my instructor to have a vibe that I can connect with. So getting that absolutely um, pours back into me. And the two total times that I've done yoga abroad, the first time was with Shell. And I was in Rome and I felt so good. And I hadn't moved in a long time. Mind you, I had been, you realize how much like walking you do on vacation? Like I did an easy nine miles on the second or the first, it was either the first full day, like the second day I had arrived in like Alberta. And I think in Rome, I, y'all, where I stayed in, Trastevere, I know I'm pronouncing it wrong, but I stayed there, which is maybe like two miles max from almost any uh, point of interest that you want to see in Rome. So I did so much walking. I walked everywhere. I didn't take a taxi. I didn't take a bus or train. I only took a bus and train from the airport to where I was staying. Other than that, once I got to the Airbnb, I walked everywhere. So between all the work walking that I was doing during the day, I didn't realize how important it was that I stretch my muscles out because you wake up the next day and you're tight because on a regular day, what the most I would walk is maybe three miles. You figure like I'm a mile to the train, a mile back from the train and like a sort of stuff that I do throughout the day. Yeah, I'm light shit. You know what I mean? I don't overdo it. And I don't do like physical activity in life in general trying to get better, but I don't really exercise. So being able to incorporate this into my travels when I was already doing so much more movement, I was already doing a lot more activity. It ended up really being something that I did not know that I needed. So that experience with Shell and Rome really had me thinking like, this is something that I need to do more of in regular life, but especially during my travels, I really need to check in with my body and appreciate that out the blue, I can walk four times as much as I do in a general day. Like in a normal day, I never walk that much, but guess what? When the time comes and I need to, or I want to, I'm able to. And that really like, hit for me when I was in Rome. Like I got to take better care of my body because it's allowing me to, you know, explore and gives me access to a lot of these really incredible experiences. And the second time that I did it, and I actually didn't include it in my notes here, but the second time I did yoga abroad was last January, January, 2020 was the last international trip I was able to complete. I was in Guadalupe. And I did a sunset yoga, which is actually one of the images that I'm using for the, um, the course as we go along, you'll notice it. Hopefully you will, uh, subscribe and get access to the course. But I was in Guadalupe with, what was her name? Katya. It was Ben and Katya of Surf Guada. And after an incredible day, did a shit ton of walking, surfed. And then to finish the day, really connecting with Kat after having like really, really good conversation about our travels, about our life experiences, and then closing the night with yoga. Again, when I tell you, I have to connect with my yoga instructor for it to really like resonate, resonate for me intentionally, like for it to really hit and feel impactful for me. Like I have to have some kind of connection with my instructor, like just taking some kind of random Google course or like a YouTube course is productive in the sense that your body is moving. But, you know, I know that yoga can be so much more than just movement if you allow it to be. And when I connect with my instructor, I I'm much easier uh, it's much easier for me to allow it to be more for me than movement. And that was afforded to me in Guadalupe with Kat. And I, those, that experience in Rome and that experience in Guadalupe resonates so much for me because you're already in a different mindset while you're traveling. And then to really tap in with the benefits and the, intentional growth that you can take from something as, um, 
intuitive because you're listening to your body if you're doing it the right way. Like you're pushing yourself beyond what you don't necessarily think you may be able to do in the moment, but you're also, you know, if you're paying attention and you're breathing appropriately and you're really in the practice, again, it doesn't have to be that deep, but if you allow it to be that deep and you really intentionally say to yourself, like, this is what I'm trying to get out of it, like you're doing it with purpose, it can absolutely, absolutely, I promise you, do so much good for you if you just give yourself the space for it to do that. So those experiences of yoga for me abroad after really resonating well with my instructors, and I promise you will resonate. Like if you focus with me, you're going to fuck with the instructor. You're going to info, you're, you're really going to connect with all the women that I have brought together to give you the gift of this course. So those two movement has really been one of those things that I know that I don't necessarily honor as much as I should. And in those experiences, I felt that I was able to really focus on the gift that movement is. Uh, next in the heart section, I have Janine of energy elevation. She is a, she's an incredible, incredible Reiki practitioner. And I personally worked with her, um, during pandemic and we were able to really focus on different aspects and areas that I personally wanted to work on. So she helped me kind of shift and unlock different limiting beliefs that I had just from her really taking time to, you know, focus my attention and really help guide me in some, you know, reflective and honestly, yeah, transformative self-work. Like a lot of it isn't easy. A lot of it isn't fun. And a lot of it is messy, but it's, it's purposeful. It's when done with intention, it absolutely can, you know, help you get over through around or, you know, help you just carry the load of certain things a little bit easier. And in this heart focus section of the mindful traveler course, Janine really helps you. These women are really dynamic, man. It's, I don't want to say it's vague, but it's designed so that you take the guide, you take the lead on this one. She gives you a general idea and then expounds and expands on it. Like she just asks you um, pointed questions so that you can work on something that your heart in that moment feels is important for you to spend a little time reflecting on. And for me, one of the trips that I took where I know that I really had to just kind of stop, think and check in with my heart was back in Thailand. At the time I was facing a somewhat difficult work decision. I had to um, well, I had the opportunity to choose if I wanted to stay at my current location or be relocated to another area. And I don't mean like fun, travel, international, live abroad relocation. I mean, just go from Manhattan to Brooklyn, really. But it means that I would have to change my entire work environment and I would change, you know, with my coworkers and leadership and all the other kind of shit. So for me, it was one of those, well, damn, like, what, what are the, what are the benefits? What are the, what are the pros, the cons? Like, what am I looking at? What are my options? What do I have to think about? And it was a very stressful situation. It was a very stressful decision for me. And Thailand, I want to say it was Chai. It was one of the, no, I think it was Watch Along. I really think it was at Watch Along. I could be wrong, but there was a temple in Thailand that I went to. And I will never forget, took a couple pictures, but at the end of the trip, I had an incredible driver, by the way, who was just like, all right, I'll be here. And just patiently waited for me to be done. And when I got out, he was right there and he saw me before I saw him and was like, you know, hi, I'm over here. Come on. But, um, I remember that as well. Kindness of others. 
he made it easy for me to, you know, to spend the day with him, you know, even though I didn't really spend the day with him because he kind of let me do my own thing once we got to every place, but he made it very easy. But all that to say, I specifically remember, you know, enjoying the temple for the space that it was and the beauty and the um, aesthetics that it is giving. Gorgeous detail work. I'm a fan of holy places, man. Uh, I said in a, in a previous week, like Catholics are good for the stained glass window and the ornate churches. But let me tell you, a lot of these temples around the world, whether they be Buddhist or um, what was the other temple? Um, uh, I don't necessarily know what they were um, practicing, uh, practicing in, in where, where I was in uh, Bali. I want to say there's a really large Muslim population in Bali as well. Not 100% sure. But all that being said, I was in the temple. I want to say it was watch along. I enjoyed it. The aesthetics. It was beautiful. And then I really had to, you know, do what a lot of people go to temples to do and sit and thought. Reflection. I really had to tap into my heart and really had to tap into what the fuck did I want? What did I want for myself? What options and opportunities did I want to avail myself to based on the location I was working at? What was important to me? What was more important than something else? I really, really, really sat with that conversation. Like I really sat with, you know, the experience of being in tune with not necessarily what was in my head, but what was in my heart. I really had to sit with what is my intuition telling me? Because I'd already thought of, you know, I'd already done the list of the goods and the bads and the pros and the cons. And if I work here, this is what I have to deal with. And, you know, I'd already done the you know, the paper, like writing it down. And I did all the thought, I did all the thinking behind it, but something wasn't really, you know, it wasn't popping out. It wasn't standing out. And I really had to just spend time just trying to tap into what the fuck my intuition and what my heart was saying. And it helped me make the decision. Honestly, I remember leaving and still not having an answer. I left the I left the temple and did not have an answer, but it eventually came to me. And I really think that I was more comfortable with the decision that I made because I know that I sat with it and I sat with the feeling of what each decision meant. I checked in. I absolutely checked in and doing that little heart scan, that little heart search, the little dig deep and really feel things through that trip was good for that that trip was good for that yeah thailand really did that for me i tapped into heart there in terms of sound i've got italia of soul healing with italia no the soul healer and she was a guest i want to say I don't know if it was episode 127 possibly, but Italia was a past guest and she is a practitioner of quite a few different modalities. But in this course, she lent us her gift of sound and she explained how sound healing works, what it's good for. And honestly, the sound that comes to mind the most to me, the last trip that I remember sound really resonating a lot for was Guadalupe. And it was because I specifically remember turning down my AirPods, like turning down whatever I was listening to and just listening to the ocean. I was listening to the water and I was listening to, there was a family that wasn't too far from me and the kids were laughing and they were just so happy, you know? And so it was just, I just laid there and listened. I listened to the ocean, which makes my spirit happy. And I listened to kids laughing and just, you know, the general tone and buzz of people around you talking and it really felt good to just 
not hear sirens, to not hear people arguing, to not hear uh, car radios, to not hear um, like Mr. Softy, to not hear regular city sounds, but to hear that there is peace and calm and the soothing sound of the ocean. I specifically remember that being so calming to me. And, you know, sound, sound is a gift because one of the things that I like to tell myself is to, you know, vibrate higher, right? And I remember in the Reiki sessions that I did with Janine, she, we would finish with me listening to some binomial beats or binomial sounds where you are supposed to vibrate with the frequency of the sounds that you're listening to. It's kind of like they say, uh, Janae Aiko does a lot of, I guess, I don't want to say sound therapy, but she's very specific about the tones and the sounds of the music that she chooses to sing to. And a lot, that's why a lot of her shit is mad calming and soothing. And it's vibey because sound plays a role in that. You're able to raise the frequency at which you're vibrating at. It's kind of like when you have a playlist and your playlist hits and it makes you feel better, or you have the perfect playlist for your workout. You have the perfect playlist for breakup, perfect playlist for when you're about to really get it on. Like there's a playlist for so many different reasons. Speaking of playlists, that's something else that I'm working on. Stay tuned for that. But in terms of playlists, sound, it helps you elevate to the level that you want to be at. It's kind of like there are different sounds that remind you of different experiences, different moods. When you hear Mr. Softy, you think of summer, you think of like having fun with your friends, being out on the block with your cousins or whatever, and then running to go get ice cream. I don't know what Mr. Softy does for you, but I always think summer, kids, fun, hot, and ice. I always personally get either that rainbow pop or I get um, the vanilla soft serve on a cone, rainbow sprinkles. That's my go-to. I'll also do a cup just because I'm an adult now and I don't want to have to rush to eat my ice cream. But that being said, sound. Different sounds have different recall for you. Certain sounds make you think of different songs. Like I know certain songs make me think of certain exes. Certain songs make me think of different life experiences. Different songs make me think of different eras and stages in my life. And I know that everybody can think of something, even if you can't think of a lot, you can think of something that has some correlation to a sound that you are familiar with or a sound that you remember. And I personally am looking forward to trying a sound therapy, like sound healing, but I'm still trying to um, decide whether or not I want to do it in person or like virtual. Like I'm feeling that out for myself, my personal um, taste, but I know how important just the sound of the ocean is to me when I'm traveling. That sound that I was able to, at night, because of where I was staying, my um, Airbnb was beachfront. So I could look out the wind, like I could look out across the balcony, ocean. Look out the window in the bedroom, ocean. I could see the ocean from any window on that side of the property. And actually that was the only side that had windows because it was like um, like an apartment complex. But that being said, even going to sleep, the sound of the ocean just, it just makes it, it, it's kind of like it rocks you to sleep. The sound is so soothing and so calming to me. I promise y'all I'm a, I'm not a world-class swimmer, but I am a water baby. I fucking love the water and I would always choose the ocean and the beach before I choose a pool. Something about the chemicals don't sit right with me, but sound incredibly important and incredibly useful in raising yourself to the vibrations of happiness, to the vibrations of calm and peace that you want to attain, that you want to be at. And if you're having a difficult time, try listening to something that will help you elevate to the frequency that you want to be at. Or you can subscribe and get access to the course and let Italia 
guide you through it. Uh, next, I've got food. Short caveat. Wait, I'll get back to that. So food, food is an important and integral part of travel. If you think about it, you've got a cooking course in like every destination you can think of. There's some experience that you can find on Airbnb, Expedia, uh, Expedia Viator, wherever you book them. There's a, cor- a cooking course because food brings people together. Food is an incredible, food can do so many things. If you think about it, depending on the types of food that a culture or a people eat, it can teach you a lot about the history of the people. What are the regions that they grow in? What are the types of um, like work that people do? What are, what are the industries and what are the, you know, a lot of times food are primary staples to the GDP of a nation. A lot of food goes into a lot of different things about a country and about a culture, but specifically the community. How do a people eat their food? How important is the idea of sharing food communally or sharing it individually? Is food eaten out of larger dishes like family style or in like say American culture where everything is huge. And I know I learned by accident in, um, Baga, Northern Spain, I was at like a little coffee shop or something. And I was ordering a, I thought I was ordering a coffee and the barista was just like, you know, Americano or something else. And I was just like, no, just make whatever you make. I don't need like American coffee. I'm in Spain. I want American coffee. I'm like, what? And she's like, but um, yeah, I hear you Americano or like ours. And I'm just like, well, yours. And thankfully a woman that was on the trip was like, well, she means like large, like Americano is just like large, like really big because like Americans always have everything so big. I don't get it. And I was just like, first of all, thanks. And Yes, I'll take an Americano because if I'm gonna pay for it, I want the largest option that I could get. But especially knowing that they think like our small is like a large in a lot of places, which it is. But long and short is I learned that Americano in coffee in so many different countries, um, especially Spanish speaking countries, absolutely just means the larger size. But that being said, food really, really can bring people together. If you've ever found that if you are on like a group trip and uh, like a day trip, you know what I mean? Like you book a tour and there's a bunch of people that you don't know. If you don't really want to talk to somebody while you're on the bus, cause either you're sleeping or you're really enjoying the sights and the scenery and all that jazz. By the time you guys stop and eat, if it's a group eating kind of situation, you find that you talk to the people around you. Community can really be broadened and developed through food. And Sharita of My Soulful Nutrition is offering her gifts as a nutritionist to explain and really kind of give you some tips on different foods that you can choose while you are traveling. Things that will aid in different traveler um, ailments, if you will, anywhere you're going to go. But the, the one trip for me where the food made such a difference was in Norway, oddly enough. So in Norway, the way food really made for a more enjoyable trip, right? My host tone was a gem. She thought of everything. She offered to pick me up from the airport because she said, well, our buses aren't really reliable at that hour. They're not really going to be running and it's going to be a little difficult. How about I come pick you up? Cool. Appreciate you. Did that. After she got me, she said, well, it's Saturday night, really late. Most everything is closed on Sunday. So how about we take you to the grocery store so that you can pick up some food so that if you don't really, you know, want to get out and try to explore and find something and really run the risk of coming up short, you'll have some food. Great. Thanks. Took me to the grocery store. I spent forever trying to make sense between Google Translate, which will translate photos for you, to translate, because you would think that you just look at the pictures and say, is this something I eat or is this not something I eat? There are potatoes on it, I eat potatoes. Was not that easy. I was expecting it to be, and it wasn't. Long the short, picked up my groceries, she took me back to the apartment. And I was bringing my stuff downstairs and she asked, would you like something to eat? Would you like 
to join me for dinner. I'm going to make some pizza. I was like, sure. Somebody invites you to dinner. I feel like it's very rude not to accept. I didn't have shit to do. I was just going to go downstairs and sit and play with my toes. I wasn't going to do nothing but get on the fucking phone, right? So I agreed. And when I tell you, first of all, she made the shit from scratch. I was expecting her to pull out some like frozen pizza from the freezer like I would have done at home. But she took out the dough. She poured the uh, the sauce and I saw her adding the cheese. She was adding all the pepperonis and the sausage. I was like, oh, she's like, really doing the shit for the kid. This is incredible. So she made us pizza. She broke out some wine and we sat and we talked. We talked over dinner. It's something so, so simple, but I felt like I was visiting like family that I hadn't seen in a while. White lady from, from Norway. I feel like she was from a different country and moved to Norway I think she married a guy from like South Africa, lived there for a while. Then they moved there and her daughter was probably around. I don't know. I think her daughter was around my age. Um, she'd married a black guy. He had passed away. So maybe that was like the level of familiarity. You can kind of tell when some white people just spend a lot more time with black folks. Like they don't, some people have like a weird thing, like a weird vibe. Like you're new to them. I don't want to say weird, but some people give off the impression as if being around black people isn't something they do all the time. And then some people like don't. And she definitely didn't give me like that. I'm trying to be extra nice to you because you're my guest. She was just like, no, you just feel like mad cool. Like, do you want to eat? And she really made me feel so comfortable. I felt like I was staying like at a, an aunt's house or like a cousin's house. And we just talked, we talked about family. We talked about traveling. We talked about, you know, like becoming an adult and maturing. She was such a joy to spend time with. And mind you, that was like about the only time that we spent together. We didn't eat again after that because I believe she was, you know, in and out for work, but it was such a simple gesture for her to offer to eat dinner with me or to offer of her dinner to me and to, you know, after being so late for her to sit and actually talk. It wasn't like a superficial, you know, I'm just killing dead space and you're just filling the air just so that nobody feels uncomfortable. Ha ha. She seemed really interested in me and she seemed interested in sharing herself with me. And all of that was done over food. All of that was done sharing a meal together that bond or, and it wasn't like we're going to be best friends forever, but it's kind of making me want to reach out and just, you know, send her a little message on the Airbnb and see how the hell she's doing it. See if she's doing all right. I don't know. We'll give it a thought. But all that being said, food really, really made for a special connection for me. It made for a special experience. And I don't know why I was, um, oh, I see what it was. I wrote pizza and it immediately made me think of Rome. By the time I got to Rome in that little, I don't even know if it was the same. No, it wasn't the same trip. I really, it might've been the same trip. Actually. I think I may have gone to Norway then a few days in Rome. I think I spent like two days in Norway, two and a half days in Norway, then like three days in Rome. Yeah. I don't remember. Anyway, I ended up like living on pizza while I was in Rome. I had like one, two really like nice meals, like go to a sit down restaurant. And then after a while, I just kept picking up a slice of pizza or like calzone kind of shit. It just, it's not the same as New York pizza. New York pizza still has my heart, but fight me. I liked pizza here better. Um, Cuba for me, breathing, breathing. The section that I have on breathing is being led by Coach Toya of Your Hidden Treasure, Inc. She is a life coach and I've known Toya my whole fucking life and love her dearly. And we've actually had some really dope conversations. And so I'm really, really excited for her to talk with you guys about how breath work can really help in calming, centering, and focusing your thoughts so that you can better um, achieve the task at hand. For me, the trips where I absolutely absolutely had to tap in and really center calm and focus myself with my breathing breathing was in Cuba two reasons first I did cliff diving for the first time it took me forever because bitch was scared terrified I'm afraid of heights I just don't let my fear of heights stop me from doing 
stuff where heights are involved for the most part. And I never died, you know, jumped off a cliff before. And I've never, I did do skydiving. It's not a cliff though. I never jumped off a cliff into the fucking water. Um, I watched like two, three other people do it. They were fine. But when I tell you it took me so long, shout out to everybody in Cuba that was really calm and reassuring. But when I tell you I had to just really breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. And Toya does a really beautiful job of walking you through different breathing exercises and breathing techniques because there are different types of breathing that you can do to do uh, or to stimulate different responses in your body and different um, responses uh, mentally for you as well. And for me, I needed to stay calm and I needed to really just kind of like let go and shake the, the, the fear, like get rid of all that noise. That was, what if you get hurt? What if you fall the wrong way? What if it really hurts when you hit the water? If you like think that you're going straight down and all of a sudden you fall on your ass, is it really going to hurt? Are you going to get, are you going to get bruised falling? Y'all I I'm a really good worst case scenarioist, but I had to just stop and breathe. I really just stopped. I focused on my breath and then I really just went for the gusto. I went with the shits and I finally fucking did it. I was scared, but I did it scared. And the second time in Cuba that I really had to focus on my breathing was the first time I went snorkeling. Didn't quite enjoy it because the breathing was so difficult for me. I don't know what the fuck is going on. It's like a mental disconnect. It's like, actually, interesting. When I run, I usually run out of breath before I get tired, like before my body starts to hurt. So because I don't breathe appropriately when I'm running, you're supposed to breathe in through your, what, breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth. There's a whole process to it. Tried to have different runners explain it to me. Can't say I've stuck to running long enough for me to actually get any good at it. But in this experience, while I was in Cuba, I also went snorkeling, excuse me, for the first time. So Hmm. Didn't, didn't really like it because again, the breathing was, it was a struggle for me. I really had to focus on the breathing through my mouth part and then making sure that the, the snorkel stayed in my mouth and the, the goggles stayed on my head. And then you're doing the swimming thing and you're trying, you're swimming against like, am I going with the current against the current? I want to stay with the group. And it was, and by group, I mean the two other people I was with, the guide and um, um, Perez. I can't remember her first name right now, but damn, Kevin's friend. I can't remember her name right now, but I know her her last name is Perez. Sweetheart, Nikki, Nikki. And it really took so much for me to pull it together. So I was able to do it. I just didn't do it to the extent of what I would think well would be. But when I was less focused on doing it well, and when I was just focused on doing it right, and by right, I mean just doing it so that you're able to complete the task at hand so that you can swim, breathe, and see what's going on, right? I was able to see some of the most beautiful shit. Pulled it off again in Bali, again, wasn't that good at it, but I'd only been, I'd only done it the twice, the two times. So I'm still learning, you know, giving myself grace, but focusing on my breathing and really just trying to pay attention to it without overthinking it. I think that's what it is. I tend to really easily overthink shit. And I think that's probably what I was doing, but you know, hindsight is 2020 in the moment while snorkeling, whenever I'm able to find that fine line of focusing and doing it right and really just enjoying the moment when you finally get the breath right, y'all, the views are incredible. I remember seeing um, the coral in actually Bali had the better views in Cuba, though, I got to hold like a little baby octopus, which was really cool. The guy, like, I don't know where the fuck he found it, but he found this tiny little octopus with the little tentacles and shit. It looks like um when you order calamari, but he said it was an octopus and not a squid. I am 
no botanists or, and he actually was a botanist, so I'll take his word for it. Granted, botany is plants and I guess zoology is closer to marine life. I don't really know y'all, not my ministry. I podcast and not about the sciences, but all that being said, that's what he said the shit was. So one of those that was cool, got hit by a sea urchin, not badly, but niggas got me. Um, but in Bali, I was able to see a fucking turtle. I saw like, um, the even better colored fit, like the really, really electric blue and bright and like green fish in Bali where I saw some of them in, um, Cuba, but not the way that I saw them in Bali. The coral was much, we were much more, um, there was way more coral to see. And what was the other thing? It was like a, I think it was a electric eel or one of them snake looking things in the water. Wild cool. But all of that came from calming the fuck down and breathing appropriately because I was breathing slower and more calmly and not overthinking it when those things aligned that's when I was able to most enjoy it but again breathing focusing on the breathing has allowed me to experience those two things the snorkeling and the cliff diving and it just really feels good to be able to you know kind of scratch those things off of your life list of travel things that you want to accomplish Um, what did I have next? Meditation. So, huh, Cuba, no, Rome. I touched on this a few episodes ago. Um, when I went to Rome, it was 2018, I want to say. I think it was 2018. I remember my grandfather was sick. And at the time, no. I know where I talked about this. I talked about this on um, another podcast that I'll be on. And um, I'll let you guys know when that goes live. Uh, But I mentioned it on another show. And I'm excited to tell you guys about that when it goes live. But I was kind of unsure, right? I was born and raised Catholic but the church doesn't necessarily, uh, mean anything to me spiritually. It means something to me, um, in the nostalgic ways in that I, um, you know, grew up with a lot of friends and, you know, extended like church family. Right. So I have really great memories of church and, I, um, love what church does for people that do believe like I would never, um, talk shit or talk down about religion or, you know, um, discourage anybody from adhering to or following their faith and believing in what they believe in. That's between you and yourself. I don't got nothing to do with me. Uh, but it just doesn't resonate for me, but there was quite some time where it was, you know, I was really trying to figure out how I felt about religion. I was trying to, and what the, the confusion was, what the disconnect for me was the idea of praying for something, but not knowing exactly if you believe or not being sure of what I believe, not you, but not being sure of what I believed in terms of religion. And it felt a little disingenuous to pray if I didn't necessarily um, know exactly. I guess where the disconnect was is that for a while when I thought about prayer, I thought about it very traditionally, the way that I was taught to pray, you know? Say the Hail Mary, say the Our Father, you say the Glory Be or the Rosary and all that kind of Catholic shit, right? But you're kind of indoctrinated because essentially religion to feel as if prayer is done like a certain way, but shout out to the, the guides, if you will, in my life that made it so that prayer didn't necessarily 
always feel that rigid. Like I always felt like I could go to God with whatever. Like I could talk to him and ask him for anything, thank him for anything and discuss anything with him. But something about not knowing if I was a religious person, not wanting to give into what I very easily connected to religion, prayers and church and, you know, that structure, it's kind of hard to explain because it was hard to understand, right? So bear with me. I decided that it it was really uncomfortable to pray for, you know, my grandpa because I didn't know that it was fair to necessarily come asking for something and I like, that's all I was bringing to the table. Like I'm just asking for shit. Right. Um, but it was a really tough experience. It was a really tough experience, but what really helped me in the moment was kind of letting go of the idea of prayer and kind of focusing more on the idea of meditation. So in this course, our meditation is grounded by shell of rooted healing. And I'd mentioned Shell earlier in this episode when I told you guys I did yoga with her back in Rome. Oh, well, Rome again, huh? Um, look at the way the, the, the world works. So in this course, Shell is guiding us through some meditation. She is really helping us check in, tune into self and feel out where we are in that space. And she is guiding us through a meditation that we're going to spend, it's a very short meditation. You're not going to spend, you know, forever meditating if you don't want to. Uh, That's another beautiful thing about the practice is that it's yours. You get to do as much or as little of what is being offered to you. But the idea of just really, and that's another really interesting thing about my experience of meditation. I don't necessarily meditate best, if you will, in the fashion that, uh, I think that in the traditional sense of meditation, like the whole clearing your mind, not thinking anything and just being, you know, of open mind and open heart. That doesn't really work for me. I found that for me, my practice of meditation is focusing on something in particular and going from there letting my thoughts and my feelings surround that idea and not necessarily holding on to anything outside of what pertains to the uh, little nugget that I'm holding on to in that current meditation. So because I was grappling with the idea of prayer, because I was having such a rough time uh, praying in that moment, in that space, I decided to just you know, focus more on the idea of meditation. I just decided to meditate and sit with my request that my grandpa just not suffer. I just didn't want him to, you know, to really be uncomfortable and, you know, pained anymore. And that really made a, a shift for me. It made a difference for me because it allowed me to not necessarily focus on you know, religion, spirituality, my personal ideas and my personal feelings of it, it kind of just gave me the permission to focus in on the task at hand and just really, you know, pour into the intention. So for me, meditation uh, connected quite a bit with Rome. And I was in St. Peter's Basilica, And I told y'all Catholics is good for fucking churches. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. A lot of really incredible ornate pretty pieces and all the other kind of jazz. And I meditated in a church because prayer just didn't seem genuine to me at that time. And that practice really helped me in that time at, during that time, it was, um, a really, impactful experience for me. So meditation, if you allow it, 
or if you, you know, mold it to the practice that works best for you. The idea of all of these modalities isn't always to, you know, take it as it is. What's beautiful about uh, wellness and mental health is that it's your own. You get to use suggestions or you get to use examples, but ultimately you have to formulate it and practice it so that it sits well with you and it feels right with you. And I've been really fortunate to be able to reflect back on all of these experiences and pull out all these different ways that I was able to, I won't say always intentionally, because sometimes you don't realize that you're doing it in the moment. At this point, like this is more of a retrospective kind of, I'm going back and I'm like, damn, that's really what got me through. Sometimes you don't realize that you're leaning on shit that you know how to do because it's just second nature to you. It's second nature in a lot of instances now for me to just take a pause and just breathe. Like that extra sigh, like when you really piss and you just, for whatever reason, breath work. Go from there, springboard. If that made you feel better, do it four more times. Put a rhythm to it. Or if repeating to yourself, it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. If you have to walk into your job and affirm to yourself that you're going to get through the day, do it. Set intention. There are so many different ways and there's so many different opportunities if you dibble and dabble with all of them that you can find work best for you. You may find that, you know what? My knees are not as good as they were when I was in my 20s. So yoga is very difficult for me. And you may find that you are unable to complete a lot of different moves that you would like to, but if you decide that, you know what? I can breathe. Breath work might be something that you spend a little more time pouring into. You might decide that, you know what? Maybe I was looking at meditation the wrong way. Maybe the way that I thought meditation worked doesn't necessarily have to be the way I meditate. So what I really appreciate about this course is that it gives you an opportunity to start with something and you take what these incredible women have been offering you and you can either run with it the way that they've packaged it or you can decide, you know what? The beginning part of this absolutely worked for me or by the time I got a minute and a half into this, you know what? I ended up doing it completely a little bit different than the way she suggested, but it works. And you know what else an option that, you know what else is an option? That you can reach out to these women and ask them to help you improve on the practice and the modality that they've offered in the course because they're all readily accessible. I've made sure to include all their information so that if you found anything that works for you or if you find that you have more questions about how you can implement things a little bit more or a little bit less or maybe working with them to, um, tailor and personalize an offer or a gift that they may be able to offer, they're there for you. So between affirmations, movement, heart, sound, food, breathing, and meditation is a seven-day practice that I've carefully curated with these incredible, incredible, and dynamic women in wellness to help you spend a little time each day checking in and spending time pouring into your best gift, which is yourself, while you're traveling. I've had so many incredible trips that I have been able to pull so much from because I'm intentional with my travels. And this is my gift to you for the free so that you can do the same on your next trip. So if you head over to travelandshippodcast.com, go to travel resources, and there's a little, like, just go to hover over travel, like travel resources and there's a drop down and it says mindful traveler course. Click that and get your course. That's it is there for you. Travelshippodcast.com travel resources, hover over travel resources. And I promise 
the drop down or if like you're doing it on your phone just click travel resources the drop down will show up and you just click on mindful travel of course i have other resources available to you so if that is what you know if you want to check it out if something else is on your heart the um solo travel planning course is available to you i've got a list of the merch that i mentioned the last time that's available it's all there i'm really trying to uh make this easy and accessible for you so You know, I've given you guys a ton of different examples of how different modalities in wellness, especially during this May, Mental Health Awareness Month, can absolutely help you check in and get to the best version of yourself while you're traveling because you deserve, but more importantly, because travel is so much more than vacation if you only allow it to be that for you. So Hope to see you guys next week and let me know how you enjoy the course. Bye y'all.